with the Utah Jazz, it really did feel like they're going to have a strangle on the number one hold for the remainder of the season. I wouldn't say have faltered, but the Suns have just went on a massive run here and have made it super duper competitive. Hello and welcome to the Monday, May 3rd edition of the TV on Basketball podcast with your host TV. Start of a new month, we are almost to the playoffs, and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. Before I start, I have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other awesome content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, and subscribe. That would be highly appreciated. And for all my podcast listeners, remember to, sub- to subscribe, leave a review if you're on Apple, and just show any support possible on either Spotify, Anchor, or Podbean if you listen on those platforms. I have an awesome show lined up for you today. Um, for you guys today, gonna obviously talk about the Raptors rundown at the beginning of this episode. Um, gonna also talk about Jason Tatum and where I believe he falls in um, the top maybe twenty, top ten um, NBA players. Um, we're going to talk about that later, and obviously we're going to be talking about um, just the power rankings like I do every single week to end off the episode, talking about the Lakers as well. It's just going to be a jam-packed episode. So yeah, thank you guys for all your support, and hope you just enjoy this episode. Going to have a lot of things to plan for the future. Like I said, come May, I'm going to have a lot more content to come out for you guys, and who knows, maybe there might be more stuff coming this week. You just have to wait and see. Without further ado, just sit back, relax, and let's just get right into this first topic. I forgot to do this last Monday, so I had to kind of make up for it on the Friday episode, but we will definitely be starting today's episode with the Raptors rundown. Two games happened this weekend, and we're going to go through them very quickly. Um, The first game that happened was the Toronto Raptors versus the Utah Jazz in Utah. Um, Very, very entertaining game, at least for um, for the first three quarters. Um, very competitive. Even in the fourth quarter, kind of competitive as well. The Raptors really did play um, very good defense in the fourth quarter, but again, this theme was happening a lot over these last few weeks, and the Raptors just could not get it done in the fourth quarter. They had ninety-three. Uh, they had um, 89 points through three quarters, and it looked like it was going to be kind of a nice back and forth at the end, but no, the Raptors just could not get anything going in that th- fourth quarter. 13 points in this game. I mean, Fred Van Vliet did try. I mean, 30 points um, in that game. He really did try his best. But like many of the other games before that, the Raptors just ran out of gas. That's purely what it was. Um, good just all-around efforts. I mean, Kem Birch, very good game. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. OG had 17 points as well. Another bad game for the bench generally. Um, 13 points off the bench for them. I just learned yesterday that they're, I think, the second lowest scoring bench um, in the league. So, yeah, no bench mob really this year for the Raps. But, you know, the Utah Jazz got a huge contribution from Boyan Bogdanovich, scoring a majority of his points in the first half as well. This guy was just on absolute fire this game. Rudy Gobert started off really slow in the first half, but started to pick up in the second half. Clarkson struggled, which we did a good job um, handling, and Joe Ingles kind of hit some very, very key shots late in that game. So, yeah, unfortunate loss, keeping it close, though. Um, like I mentioned last week, it, I, I do not feel comfortable, um, confident in the playoff chances anymore. Um, but the Raptors right now have the 7th best odds at number 1 pick, and 
Who knows where that's going to lead us. Maybe that can get us into the top four. Who knows? But we're going to have to wait and see. So, yes, that was Saturday's game. But Sunday's game, a lot more memorable. The Raptors pick up a massive, and I mean a massive win over the Los Angeles Lakers. They win 121-114. to 114. It was the freaking Kyle Lowry and Siakam show. Siakam, 39 points, 13 rebounds in this game. Looked absolutely unstoppable, hitting threes mid-range. He scored on all three levels. He was absolutely fantastic. And Kyle Lowry, not to be outmatched, 37 points, 11 assists, hitting big bucket after big bucket after big bucket. Lots of threes in this one, including an N1 from deep, where he had to make the stink. for was like, mm, that was nasty. He also, he, just, he was honestly the most fun player to watch that game. Both these guys combined for 76 points. It was just a very, very fun game in general. Lowry had eight threes in this game. That was just fantastic to watch. On the Lakers side, I mean, their biggest con- um, contributor to me was Kyle Kuzma. 24 points in this one, 8 for 16 shooting. Okay, performance from Drummond. I know it says 19-11, but trust me, he wasn't really that um, effective. LeBron still doesn't look very comfortable in 19-7-6. Anthony Davis struggled heavily, 12 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, but 5 for 16 shooting. And the Raptors, what was the difference between this game and the last game against the Jazz and also that game against the Knicks? Was that they actually performed in the fourth quarter? They kind of gave a seven to, uh, I think a fifteen to zero run there to kind of keep it a bit close, but the Raptors played a lot better in that fourth quarter and they didn't fold. They didn't fold and that was very, um, it was that was a very good thing to see. You know, more fluidity, more confidence, and with Kyle Lowry and Siakam having big games, you know, you just knew that they were just going to take you there to the promised land. Also, good performances from DeAndre Bembry who actually had um, quite a um, number of like good shots, um, 14 points in this game. Freddie Gillespie, best game as a Raptor, 11.7 rebounds. And yeah, the only two players that didn't score were actually our, um, two starters in Malachi Flynn, who struggled heavily, and Stanley Johnson. So, very good game for the Raptors. Um, like I said, you know, the playoff spot is probably out of reach, but moments like this where Kyle Lowry is um, on fire, Siakam is playing fantastic, does put a smile on my face. And Knowing that they still have this in their, in their guys, um, Freddie had some big performances this year. I think that the Raptors, with a pretty high lottery pick, could um, make some no- um, noise next year again. You just you just got to trust. and You just got to trust um, what's happening right now. Hopefully, they come back to Toronto. They're more um, comfortable in their, in, like at home and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an eye towards next season, but I still feel very confident going into that season. So yeah, that's the Raptors rundown. Um, gonna definitely come back to this on Friday again to discuss this week's games. But let's move on to this. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum um, w- um, had an amazing Friday night. An amazing Friday night. They were down by 32 points to the San Antonio Spurs, and it looked this game looked like all but over. But man, Jason Tatum put this team on his back and just put on a performance of a lifetime. He was just absolutely fantastic in this game. It was honestly such a fun watch. It was just a fun watch. Um, and he they ended up winning in overtime after losing uh, by being down 30, um, 32 points. 143-140 against the Spurs. And Tatum tied a franchise record for most points in the game with 60. Tying Larry Bird's um, Celtics record. In this game, Tatum had 60 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 20 for 37 shooting, 15 for um, out of 17 um, from the free throw line, 5 for 7 from 3. 
he was just on one that night. This guy was just absolutely fantastic. But the reason I want to talk about Jason Tatum is kind of how people are underrating him as a player right now. Because I can confidently um, tell you guys that I believe he is a top 15 NBA player. You know, this year, top 10 scoring 26 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 6.8 assists, 46% field goal, 38% from three, which is kind of down, but that's good. That's still um, very good. And 87% from the free throw line. I know the Celtics um, have been very underwhelming, but that was um, a result of lack of, you know, um, team building, which is because, like, a lot of their issues came from that big man position, which they really didn't um, address. And just a lot of injuries and health and safety protocols. Like, the Celtics were one of those teams that got hit hard by just, like, um, the, like this um, COVID season. And it's highly unfortunate, but that is the reality of the fact. Now, are they better than the 6 seed that they um, – that um, or the 7 seed that they are in right now? They should be, 100%. But Jason Tatum has still played at an extremely high level, um, probably the best season of his career thus far. Um, I can confidently say that. And he's proven now that he can perform not only in the regular season but in the playoffs. Um, two conference finals ap- um, appearances for Jason Tatum. I know he's had his ups and downs. I mean – there's some very questionable decisions he makes playing games, but the fact that he is producing the way he is right now, at only 22 years of age, he is absolutely ridiculous. And just the Celtics team, I know, like like I said, underwhelming this season, but they still got some one of the best cores in, in the NBA, especially young cores, um, combining Jalen Brown, um, having Marcus Smart around, Jason Tatum. Aaron Nemeth actually has been showing some things. Payne Pritchard, like I talked about on Friday's podcast. Robert Williams, Time Lord as well. They have a good team. They just need to either grow together or just make some like mini like tinkerings in their lineups. And I think one of those is um, to trade Kemba Walker, but we're going to have to go into that in the offseason. But Jason Tatum, being able to score on all three levels, the way he kind of just commands the defense, um... He's just highly, highly impressive, and I just don't see why people just do not see him as a top 15 NBA player. And he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. In terms of players like um, under 25, he is up there, probably number two or number three at the moment. He is that good. And I just think that people, like, looking at the Celtics record, they probably look at this as like, oh, um, he, like, those stats, I wouldn't say meaningless, but they're going to try to devalue his um, impact, which shouldn't be the case. He has been absolutely fantastic, and I think he deserves a lot more respect from fans. I really do. Um, he has a lot. He still has a lot in this game to grow. He's become actually a better defender than um, what was projected of him early on in his career. And I think that he is going to be a probably a double-digit all-star appearance type guy. He's probably going to have more than um, five All-NBA appearances. Like, this guy is going to go down as a potential Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And the Celtics are set for the future. Danny Ainge, hopefully he makes the right deals come the offseason. But in terms, like, of this season, obviously quite disappointing. But I do see a lot of progress in Jason Tatum's game. And the Celtics, um, there's just a lot that they can still improve on. And I think that although this has been a blip on probably their projection, I think they could definitely bounce back. And who knows, maybe with the right matchup, they can actually make it to the second round. Like, there's only, like I'm going to be talking about the um, the races in the playoffs 
um, the multiple races that they have that's going on in both um, conferences. And the Celtics, at, honestly, still have a chance at that number five, maybe number four seed if they just go on a run here. Now, sadly, Jason Tatum did leave yesterday's game with an injury versus the Trailblazers. Him and Jalen Brown collided knees, which is something you don't want to see. And I think it's coming at a very, very bad time. But, yeah, man, I mean, it's rough for them. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. I know Jalen Brown couldn't even put um, weight on that right leg. Tatum kind of limped off, which kind of looked um, kind of unfortunate. But let's hope they come back soon because the Celtics are definitely, definitely going to need them. Speaking of the playoff races, like I said, like I know we are like 80, 90% through the NBA season. But the thing, the, the, um, the way that the kind of car, the standings are right now, like I don't think anything is certain in terms of these playoff races. Like there, we have less than 10 games remaining. And the only thing I can really say for sure that I feel confident in saying is that in terms of the top 10 teams in each conference, like for the playoffs and playing tournament, I think those teams are set. But when it comes to race for just um, certain areas of the standings, there's still a lot of movement that can happen. And we can just start by looking at the West. Like, in terms of the number one seed, I mean, if you really want to involve the Denver Nuggets and the Clippers, which I wouldn't at this point, I think with like eight games remaining, I think three games, three and a half games is kind of a bit much to overcome. But still, the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz both have the best record in basketball, 46-18. and 18. And it's just crazy that the, like, the Suns, um, after missing the playoffs for the last 11 years, have come in here and become one of the best teams in basketball. And with the Utah Jazz, it really did feel like they're going to have a strangle on the number one hold for the remainder of the season. I wouldn't say have faltered, but the Suns have just went on a massive front here and have made it super-duper competitive. Like, and that's just for the number one seed. Like, that could be extremely important because with the way the standings are right now, like, say if it ended today, I know the, the Lakers, Mavs, and Trailblazers all have the same record. But there's a big difference of facing those guys and possibly facing either the Memphis Grizzlies, Spurs, or Warriors. I think there is a significant difference. So the number one seed in that West is going to be extremely important. In terms of that, um, um, trying to avoid the play-in, especially in the West. I mean, like I mentioned, the Lakers, the Trailblazers, and the Mavs all sit at 36-28. and 28. All have the same record, but the Mavs are in 5th, the Trailblazers are in 6th, and the Lakers find themselves in 7. And the thing is, um, the Mavs and the Lakers both have spoken under quarrels about the um, play-in tournament. LeBron being the latest guy yesterday, saying, oh, whoever came up with this play-in tournament needs to be fired. And I'm going to say the same thing. Um, like I say about everyone complaining about this, or at least like the teams involved. Look, you wouldn't be complaining if your, your team was top five. I'll, I'll say that for sure. And although there are definitely some problems with this playing tournament, I think it's a great way to kind of keep the conversation going with teams like the Spurs, who I think at this point in the season, they would, just comp um, they would almost write off. Same thing with the Golden State Warriors. Even looking at the East, like we're going to talk about that seven seed um, trying to avoid the um, playing tournament. Like no one would be talking about the Wizards right now, but they are still in conversations. Like I think it just creates more buzz for the rest of the league and keeps a lot of teams more competitive. Obviously, there's some um, things that they have to fix. Maybe like um, games behind like a certain seed may be important to kind of consider going down the line. But man, 
this like um, race to like um, to avoid the play-in tournament is going to be insane, especially in the West with all with those three teams having the same record. Just absolutely insane. Speaking of that, the number one seed in the East, like that, is still up for grabs. Um, the Bucks, it really does feel like they're going to be just trapped in that 13, and I think they're okay with that. But in terms of the 76ers and Nets, I mean, they're only 0.5 games separating for them. I mean, the the 76ers only are winning because they have one less loss, and even though they have the same win, um, the same amount of wins as the Nets, like that's going to be an, an, a very interesting race because, say, if you um, do go into the first round, I mean, being the number one seed means that you're possibly going to face the Wizards, Pacers, or Hornets, which is a lot more favorable matchup than at the moment facing the Boston Celtics. Like that is something that is going to be absolutely like. Um, imperative for like these teams to like maybe think about going into the playoffs like you want the easiest passes possible I know you have to face the best teams anyway but um, having these like easier early rounds are going to be extremely important to these teams and facing off against the Celtics I mean the 76ers have had trouble with them throughout the years Brooklyn um, having to like face Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum I know they're they might be injured but that is going to be a possibility, and I think it's going to be a tough matchup for any team. So having that first seed in the East is extremely, extremely important as well. And even though, like, speaking of like the play-in tournament, I mean, that num- I mean, I've talked about in the past the number ten seed and how the Wizards, Raptors, and Bulls were kind of in the mix for the time being. But I think that race is kind of over, and I think the focus is now onto that seven seed. Um, there's only one game separating number um, seven to five. You can maybe lump in the Knicks to make it two and a half games um, separating number seven to f- um, four. But I think the Knicks will be fine at number four. I think they're actually going to stay there. But in terms of the Hawks, Heat, and Celtics, there's only one game separating them. And the Hawks finally got Trey Young back, so they got a like a much-needed win there. But... The Heat and the Celtics, both teams um, wanting to just avoid that first-round series because um, although I have a feeling they will just like um, win their first play-in game so they can secure the number seven seed, it's just another game that you just do not want to attack your players with. Um, and I think that the, this seed is going to be absolutely important because if you go look at the sixth seed, I mean, you are facing the Bucks, but that is definitely a lot more um, doable than facing the Brooklyn Nets team who probably will be healthy come playoff time. So, yeah, there's just so many races out here in the NBA. And the reason I just want to discuss it is that the season is just far from over. It is just far from over. And there could be so much movement over these next, like, these final two weeks of the regular season. And it's going to be something that to keep your eye on, especially if your favorite team, you're just going to want to look at those matchups. And maybe you might see teams kind of drop in standings to maybe face certain teams, like, in the West. Maybe someone would rather face the um, um, the Nuggets, Jazz, or Suns rather than the Los Angeles Clippers at number four. Like these things could 100% be possible, and there's just going to be so much more movement. And with two weeks looking to in the regular season, it's going to be a, an absolutely fun way to end the season for sure. Going into the playing tournament, which is in two weeks, this is where the NBA season starts to pick up its intensity. I th- I knew I talked about the Lakers quite a bit in this episode. Actually, not really, but I'm going to dedicate the segment to them because are we going to give are we giving the Lakers too much credit? Are we? And look, a lot of people still expect them to be the favorites out west. I mean, right now they sit number seven. 
I discussed earlier that they've been complaining about the playing tournament. But look, if you guys weren't um, didn't have these injuries, you wouldn't be in this position in the first place. But a lot of people still have them as the favorites out west. And I see that, you know, LeBron James, still the best player in the world, in my opinion. Hasn't really showed that since he's come back from injury, but obviously he just came back from the longest absence of his career, so he's going to definitely get um, take some time to get back into game shape. Um, you have that going on. Also, AD struggling ever since his return. Hasn't looked like himself at all. Like, they're, like these things I don't think is just going to completely go away come playoff time. I don't. And in terms of the West, like people like probably look at the Phoenix Suns, Probably to look at the Utah Jazz and like, look, they're having fantastic regular seasons, but are they going to perform in the playoffs? Like, I don't think that a lot of people are really believing in them come playoff time. But in my opinion, I just think they just have um, just as viable of a shot as the Clippers and the Lakers, the Suns and Utah Jazz teams. I would like to include the Denver Nuggets if Jamal Murray was there, but I really don't see that happening without um, them making like a full-on push without Jamal Murray. But, man, in terms of the Phoenix Suns and Utah Jazz, I know they don't have the experience. But they have shown this season that they can, like, um, that they just know how to pull out wins against teams and the lower seeds, um, some of the best teams in basketball. Like, they've shown that they can compete with the best of them. And, look, the Lakers could still be slight favorites, especially with the experience they had from last year. Even a lot of LeBron and AD, they're still, I think, the best defense in basketball. And they have depth now. I mean, Montrezl Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, um, Caruso still playing well, Taylor Horn Tucker getting some minutes, drumming at the big man position. Like, look, they still have depth. But these injury issues of LeBron and AD just cannot be denied. Like, you can't just completely gloss over that fact and say that that's just going to go away come playoff time. Because it's not. It's 100% not. AD has only played 29 games a season. And even with the way, like, he kind of just, like, carries himself on the court, like, watching that Raptor game yesterday... He doesn't, he feels like every few minutes or so, like he's grabbing onto something. Like, that is just not going to go away. And LeBron is like 100%. Like, he, like, he still needs time to get back into game shape. Like, it's not going to be an easy road whatsoever. It's not going to be possible for this Lakers team unless these two stars and LeBron and AD play at their very, very best. And especially if you're in that sixth or um, seventh seed, possibly even fifth seed. There's a chance the Lakers are going to face that um, that Clippers team in the first round, which is going to be one, probably one of the best first round series of all time. But it's going to be like probably one of the hardest opponents already like come the first round. So that is a possibility. And even facing like the Utah Jazz and Phoenix Suns, like I know of the Jazz's past um, playoff failures, and the Suns being such a re- like just a relatively new team in the playoffs, they're still going to put up a damn good fight and. With the way AD and LeBron especially come the first round, like it's very possible that they can pull off, even though they're a top seed, the so-called upset. And I think that people are just underrating the competition just generally. Like These teams are extremely good, and there's a reason why they're number one in the first place. The Phoenix Suns being great on both sides of the ball, having that closer at the end of games, like this isn't like the Atlanta Hawks team. This this um, Suns team legitimately has stars in Chris Paul and Devin Booker to even take them like deep into playoff runs. The Utah Jazz could be a bit different, but they're still top ten on both sides of the ball, one of the best three point shooting teams in basketball. And the reason I just want to talk about this is that um, for for NBA fans watching coming to the playoffs, 
it's just not going to be an easy one for the Lakers at all. And I do have them still as favorites. I still do. But I think it's going to be a lot tougher road than people um, project. Especially because of the um, the amount of games that LeBron and AD have missed. And the way that they're still trying to like figure out like going into the playoffs. Whether they're going to play in the playing tournament or not, we're going to have to wait and see. I just think that, if anything, this is the most vulnerable the Lakers are going to be. And I think... Uh, I just don't. I want to prepare you guys. Like, there's gonna be a. I think there's gonna be a solid chance that the Suns or Jazz make a pretty decent run in the playoffs, and the Lakers. I mean, they could be NBA champions, but at the same time, if they cannot um, um, get these guys back into game shape and like, like they're not like even like remotely close to being as good as they were last year in the first round, it's gonna be a tough, tough road. And I think like that's the thing with this Lakers team. They're just so unpredictable. Are you going to get the best of AD and LeBron in the first round? I'm not sure. And I think that's why this West is probably as open as it's been probably in the last few years. And it's not going to be like a cakewalk for the Lakers like last year. It is going to be a tough, tough road. Um, Before we get into the power rankings, here are some other news and notes in the NBA. Um, Vera Zhao signs with the Cleveland Cavaliers for the rest of the season. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I did. I thought this guy retired. So when I saw this news, I was highly, highly confused. But he's there. I guess he's. Like, I, I, I just see him as like the Anderson Vergeau role, role. Not the Anderson Vergeau um, role. Um, the Udonis Haslam role that he that um Haslam has in the Miami Heat. He's Vergeau's not probably not gonna get much playing time, but there as a mentor. Um, speaking of um, Cavs players or former Cavs players at this point, LeBron and Lamelo returned. Um, I didn't really even talk about this, but LeBron returned on Saturday. Um, played two games, hasn't looked the best, um, but it's good to have him back on the court. Lamelo, he's back. I know they picked up actually a pretty solid win yesterday. Um, actually, they, um, they didn't pull out the win yesterday. Um, they pulled out the win, I think, the first game when Lamelo came back against the Pistons. So it's good to see just two of the most um, entertaining guys in basketball back in, you know, back on the court, so it's nice to have them back. Tyrese Halliburton um, fell pretty badly like in yesterday's game versus um, the um, Dallas Mavericks. It looked like he just hyperextended his leg. I know he was sitting down. He was leading up against the um, scores table, and it looked pretty bad, but um, from all reports right now, I think he avoided a major injury, which is really, really good. But he is getting an MRI today, so let's hope for the best, and hopefully it's not too, too serious. I mentioned this a bit earlier. Tatum and Brown collided um, late um, versus the Blazers on Sunday. Tatum was limping under his own power, but still didn't look too great. But Brown had to be carried to the back by the Celtics teammates, and he just couldn't put weight on his right leg. I know he sprained his left ankle before um, the game, but, I mean, he he missed the last game because of a sprained left ankle, but... This one, man, kind of, kind of tough. Um, hopefully, we get some news later on today about this. But yeah, prayers up to them. Hopefully, it's not too serious because the playoffs are just around the corner, and the Celtics need their two best players <laughs> for sure. They 100% need their two best players. Uh, man, bad weekend for injuries because Kelly Oubre Jr. also um, suffered an injury over the weekend. He has a torn ligament on his left wrist, which kind of is attached to his palm. So. The Warriors are kind of contemplating, are kind of still evaluating if he can like kind of um, play through the injury or if he's going to be out a couple more games. Um, we're going to have to say and wait on the news this week, but hopefully it's not too serious and 
Kelly Oubre can come back because the like I said, uh, um, like I said about the Celtics, the Warriors just need bodies out there. They just need bodies out there to help them if they want to even have a chance to get into the playoffs. And Oubre being one of their best defenders, one of their best scorers as well, which is, say, is saying something that the Warriors need to bring help for Steph. But he's an important member to his team, and hopefully it's not too too serious. But yeah, those are the other news and notes. Let me know down below what you guys think of this. Any of the topics I discussed earlier, let me know down below what you guys think. We are going to end today's episode off with um, TV's weekly power rankings. This is where I go um, from 10 to 1. Teams on this week has to do a lot um, with form, how good the record is, and kind of how valuable their wins are. And yeah, another week. I believe this is week 20 now, so yeah. Been doing this since the beginning of the season, and we are almost at the end. So, this week, week 20, here are my power rankings. Coming at number 10, we have the Portland Trailblazers. Um, they had a 4 0 week, good win against the Celtics yesterday, coming through in the clutch. What's, what's very impressive is that um, before this four game winning streak, they lost 8 out of 10 games. Um, I talked about that in my podcast, I think, last week as well. But they've bounced back. Um, like I mentioned earlier, same record as the Lakers and the Mavs. So that seven seed could literally go to any one of those three, and it's going to be an absolutely like race to get to get out of there because no one wants to play in that playing tournament. So yeah, it's definitely very much up in the air. The boys are on form right now. They're number ten. Coming at number nine is a team that that um, the boys are actually in competition with for that um, to avoid the play-in tournament. And that is the Dallas Mavericks. 3-2 um, and two week. They actually picked up some pretty good wins. But the only reason I couldn't put them higher is because they got two, they lost twice to the Kings this week. Both without De'Aaron Fox. So, yeah. Maybe should I put them at number 10? Maybe. I maybe could have kept them at number 10. But, yeah, those two losses to the Kings um, were kind of rough. Um, Luka's still playing very well. Um, Porzingis... Man, that, those injuries are very, very iffy with this guy. Very, very iffy. But let's just hope he's healthy for the playoffs and he can contribute to this team because they need they need Porzingis playing and playing near his best to even like make some noise in the playoffs. So coming at number nine, the Dallas Mavericks. Coming at number eight, we have the Milwaukee Bucks who went three and one this week. The one game I do want to mention is that win over the Brooklyn Nets yesterday. Very, very entertaining game. Giannis, season-high, 49 points. Great duel there with Kevin Durant, where he scored 42 as well. Just a very good back and forth. Giannis hitting a season-high as well. I think it's four threes, 50% from three that game. Very, very good win. The Bucks probably are going to be stuck at that number three position, but that's fine. As long as their guys are healthy, um, and they're looking for another deep playoff run. So, yeah, good week for them. They are at number eight. Coming at number seven, we have the New York Knicks. Two in one week. Um, obviously, their nine-game winning streak got snapped, unfortunately. But ever since that loss, they won two straight games. I think they should be comfortably ending the season at the fourth um, spot in the East. They've been playing absolutely fantastic. Julius Randle still looking like an all-NBA player. Knicks fans rejoice. They, um, they are actually very competitive and actually been playing very, very well. So, number seven, the New York Knicks. Coming in at number six, we have the Utah Jazz. Two and two week. Um, a few weeks ago, people probably looked at the Utah Jazz's record and, and thought, yeah, they have that number one seat on lock. But the Phoenix Suns have made up ground, and now they're going to be fighting for it. And like I mentioned earlier, like 
there's a big um, difference in trying to face maybe the Spurs, um, Warriors, and Grizz- or Grizzlies in um, as the eight seed um, compared to facing either the Lakers, uh, Mavericks, or Blazers as a seven seed. So there could be a massive difference in. Um, whoever gets the first and second seed, and I think both of these teams um, equally want the first seed. So it's going to be a def- definitely a very interesting race. Um, the Utah Jazz, I think, have a slightly easier schedule than the Phoenix Suns, so maybe they have a chance. But man, this is going to be an absolute dogfight to get that number one seed in the West, and it's going to be very very entertaining to watch. As for this week, the Jazz could have gone better two and two, but man, hopefully they get Spider back so they can help um, with that case for number one. So. Yeah, coming at number six in the power rankings this week, the Utah Jazz. Coming at number five, we have the Brooklyn Nets, who also had a two and two week. Very very entertaining game with the Bucks once again. Um, the Nets, um, I think at the at the beginning of last week, had the number one seed, lost it, and is now half a game behind the um, Philadelphia 76ers. That seed is definitely still up in the air, but you know they're still playing very very well. Um, the Brooklyn Nets team. Hopefully Harden's back for the playoffs. I'll be. I still think they're the East favorites no matter what. I think they'll be fine. Coming at number five, then Brooklyn Nets. Coming at number four, we have the Los Angeles Clippers. They were number one last week, and man, they dropped this week. And that's mostly because of that 0 and three week that they had. Um, they dropped to number four, which is highly unfortunate for them, especially losing that game to the Nuggets, where they kind of relinquished that three seed. But I still think they are a very good team. They're just waiting to get healthy. Kawhi Leonard is back, which is a good thing. Um, and hopefully they can just get the team healthy come playoff time because I think this is still one of the best teams in basketball. I think they'll be fine no matter what. I think they would rather have that um, that second seed, but I think that's out of reach for them now. But I think number four is fine for them. I think number four is definitely fine for them. And right now, there's number four in these power rankings. Coming at number three, we have the Philadelphia 76ers. They reclaimed the number one spot. They had a 4-0 week. Good win against the um, San Antonio Spurs yesterday on a tip-in from Ben Simmons. So, good win for them over there. Um, they reclaimed number one after going on a pretty big losing streak the week before. So, they're playing great. Let's see if they can finish the season strong and win the East. At least in the regular season. Coming at number two, another team with a 4-0 week. The Denver Nuggets. Nicole Jokic still playing on MVP form. Um, Michael Porter Jr. playing extremely well, extremely efficient as a number two guy. And I know they might not make too much noise without Murray in the playoffs, but as of right now, ever since the Murray injury, they are 9-1. and one. Highly impressive stuff there for the Nuggets, still sticking around. Having a number three seed could actually be very important to them, so um, let's see if they're going to be able to maintain that. But right now, I have them at number two in my power rankings. Now, coming in at number one... The Suns were not there last week. I think they were there two weeks ago. But now they're back. 4-0 week. Another great week for the Phoenix Suns. A very close game versus the Thunder, um, might I say. I mean, it was that's um, every something to look at. But, you know, they're still playing very well. Devin Booker had a fantastic game yesterday, 32 points. Chris Paul, 18 points, 11 assists. Like I mentioned earlier, they're still dangerous. I know they haven't been made the playoffs. I know a lot of these guys don't have the experience. But this team is dangerous, and man, if the Lakers are not 100%, this team will take advantage. So yeah, those are my power rankings. Let me know down below whether you agree or disagree. DM me on Instagram, talk to me on Twitter. 
um, I'll, t- I'll definitely talk some NBA hoops there. But yeah, I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching. Remember to follow, t- um, remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Also, hit the notification bell so you won't miss a video. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for some amazing content. Um, hopefully, going to have a guest this week um, on the podcast. Hopefully, going to um, discuss some playoff previews. Next week is going to be just all um, season and review stuff. I'm going to make my all-NBA picks next Monday and maybe my award show. Yes, the TV's NBA award show with possibly a guest as well um, um, next week as well. So it's going to be an awesome, awesome week for just uh, for just NBA content. And yeah, playoffs coming around. I think this is going to be an extremely, extremely um, interesting um, few weeks of basketball. And I think it's going to be a lot of to- things to talk about. So... Yeah, thank you guys for all the support you guys have been given. Hope you all have a fantastic day. TV's signing out. Take it easy, guys. Peace.